BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Well, we're not getting into this news conference or what? It hasn't started yet. All right, well, let's... Do we have our guests then? Can yes. We, what can we do? Why don't we... We do. Okay. Then uh, we're going to move on. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we do the talk to our guest and then uh, monitor that? And if there's anything important, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play it back. That's uh, the best way to go here. Uh, Tom, All right. We're going to be talking uh, to uh, Tom Claus of the Oil Price Information Service. He had a quote yesterday in a story. Southern California, California gas prices are further out of whack from the rest of the country than they've been in more than 20 years. So something is going on here. The rest of the country has been seeing a drop in gas prices that's gone on for weeks, whereas here we're actually seeing an increase in gas prices. So we wanted to take a closer look at what's going on with California gas prices because we always get the same old story from the experts and the reporters that it has to do with uh, the whole refinery problems in california whether it's maintenance or the fact that we're geographically isolated or because of the certain blend of gasoline that we have blah 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 so we're going to try to dig for it. we've heard it all and we're sick of it all let's get tom claus on uh and he's going to explain this to us tom welcome how are you I, I feel like Phil Rizzuto in a rain delay for your uh, conference there. That's okay. <laughs> now, uh, the, 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 that's going to have to wait. Uh, yeah. you're, you're with the Oil Price Information Service. You're one of the founders. Right. So you've spent 40 years yeah. in the industry, and you said you've never seen such diversity. It's a nice word to use in U.S. gas prices. I, I want, just want people listening to know, in Mississippi right now, regular is going for three oh seven a gallon. In California, the average is five eighty-eight. That is two dollars and eighty-five cents. It's almost double. How can that possibly be? I would say it it occurs because you guys are number one in the engine driving energy transition, and uh, energy transition is probably a good thing in terms of uh, uh, carbon and other uh, uh, sort of. Uh, issues with uh, fossil fuels, but it's not something that comes at no cost. Uh, the West Coast of the United States, and California in particular, is about one or one and a half refineries short of having a balanced market. And what you're seeing right now is you're seeing a lot of refinery maintenance that was put off in the spring because prices were so, uh, you know, prosperous for refineries. It was put off till late September and October. And so 
you know, your prices, your wholesale prices are actually really close to twice the prices that we're paying east of the Rockies. And that's kind of a theme for the next few years. I think we are going to get weaned off of fossil fuel, but it's not going to happen without consequences. And you're seeing some of those consequences. Guys, right I'm now. sorry, but we need to go to this news conference on the officer involved. Amber in alert this area. at 1025 this morning. A citizen called into our dispatch center and related that they thought they saw his suspect vehicle, which was also contained in the Amber Alert that I described earlier. Barstow deputies were dispatched to the area of Highway 395 and Highway 58, where the vehicle was seen. And as the deputies arrived, they encountered the suspect vehicle. A pursuit ensues, and as a result of that pursuit, the suspect immediately starts firing at our deputies, putting several rounds through the windshield of the patrol unit. The pursuit continues on Highway 58 to I-15 in the area of Linwood, where a second unit is involved, the suspect firing back at our deputies the entire time, and at which time the suspect ends up shooting the second pursuing vehicle, causing the vehicle to become disabled. The pursuit continues down I-15 towards the Victorville Hesperia area, constantly uh, shooting back at the deputies during that period of time. As they get into the area of Main Street, and what we're talking about is the southwest corner of Main where it intersects the I-15, it appears that the suspect goes off-road. Several jurisdictions at this time are involved in the pursuit and the deputies attempt to contain the suspect in the triangle that's made by the off-ramp, the I-15 freeway, and the Main Street Bridge that goes over the top. As a result of that, a firefight ensues. During that firefight, the suspect vehicle comes to rest, at which time a subject exits the passenger side of the vehicle wearing tactical gear. That subject starts to run towards sheriff's deputies and during the gunfire goes down. Sheriff's deputies immediately go to clear the vehicle so that they could clear the vehicle, make it safe, and render medical aid. At which time, they contact the subject wearing the tactical gear and we believe that both the suspect in the vehicle and the person that's contacted with the tactical gear, that that person is our 15-year-old juvenile. Uh, Savannah. The suspect, we believe, is Graciano in the driver's seat of the car. This all still needs to be confirmed in his preliminary information, and we will confirm it through the coroner's office. But as the deputies go up and render medical aid and realize that this is Savannah in the tactical gear, they immediately transport her to an area, a local area hospital. At 11.52 hours, Savannah is pronounced deceased. This investigation is going to take at least 24 hours before we're able to provide you with more information as to what happened and exactly what the circumstances are as it relates to the officer-involved situation. But at this time, both Anthony Graciano and Savannah are deceased. Are there any questions? Yeah, sure. Recount again how the, the girl wound up being in the way of the, the bullets. A subject that entered, we did not knowing it was a girl right. initially, was wearing tactical gear. This is in the middle of a firefight. Right. Shooting back and forth with the uh, with with Mr. Graziano, 
and she she's in the middle of that. Right. There may preliminarily again there may be some indications that the passenger of the vehicle, which we believe is Savannah, may have been also involved in some of the fire exchange. What do you mean by that? How what what uh, information do you have on that? There may be some information that the passenger was involved in firing back at the deputies, and we're still trying to confirm that at this point. Do you, you believe it's true? I, we don't know. It is so early in this investigation, folks. This is highly complex. It covers, as you can imagine, the number of miles coming out from Highway 58 and 395 all the way from the Barstow area coming back here. Very substantial investigation, multiple scenes in terms of where these shootings occurred and ultimately ending up out here. Sheriff, yes, deputies that were involved or any of their cars have video cameras, body cam video, anything else like that? Are you pulling that down to analyze it? Yes, that we're, we're analyzing the video, where the video came from or the airships above it that were actually uh, above the pursuit itself. So sure. you've got ground and you've got air on the same, what, tracking it almost the whole way? We've got, in the area just outside of Barstow is when the aircraft is able to get over them and we do have video from those aircraft. Uh, you, just to confirm, because it sounds like you're going back and forth, are you confirming that the 15-year-old that, that, um, girl was in the tactical gear, or you guys still are not sure of that at this time? No, we, I'm, I'm confirming that the 15-year-old girl was in there. As far as her identity, officially that goes to the coroner's office. Okay. Preliminarily, it does, seem, or does appear to be her. And then second question, the person wearing the tactical gear that was coming at deputies, did they have a weapon on them? At this time, uh, I don't have that information. I'm not sure. We're still reviewing the entire scene. Multiple weapons inside the car with the suspect who died, I take it? The only weapon that we're able to confirm right now is a rifle taken from the suspect vehicle. Do you know how many times the team was actually struck by gunfire? We don't know. There are numerous uh, sheriff's units that were struck uh, as a result of the pursuit and also in the area where everything ultimately comes to an end. Anything of an identification of the rifle that I got may have used? Not at this point. Well, you're talking uh, on a continual shooting bag of we're assuming a semi-automatic rifle. Yeah, it's being described to me as an AR-type rifle, but I haven't confirmed that yet. All right. Were your deputies the returning fire? Was this like a rolling gun battle between the deputies and the suspects? It's my understanding that most of the fire that was returned happened out here at the scene. There may have been some uh, returned at the Barstow area, but I don't know that at this point for sure. There is a rifle that's found at the scene. What type it is, I'm just being told it may be an AR-type right. rifle, but I haven't confirmed this all is right, all I think we've uh, this time. covered everything we can with that story. Cause now the well, there's a bit getting... of a bombshell in there, so that's why I think it's a good idea to stay with it a little longer. Uh, I did I not realize this was coming. So there is the possibility that there was a second weapon involved? Uh, at this point, I don't know that. I, I have that's to a find good question. out what the investigators actually bring back as a result. It's a substantial crime scene. Okay, we can, we can, what we're going to do here is recap, because the bombshell is they killed the 15-year-old girl. Right. Somebody did. Yeah. Uh, it is believed probably the police killed her. But we learned also in that press conference from the sheriff, Shannon Dykus, I think is his name, that she was wearing tactical gear, apparently. So we're going to have Steve Gregory on after the break to give us more of the backstory, but this unfolded yesterday in Fontana where a 45-year-old man by the name of Anthony John Graziano, apparently in some sort of divorce proceeding with his wife, went to the home and, according to neighbors, just began opening fire. And he killed the wife and he took the 15-year-old daughter, Savannah, with him. And today, 
on the 15 freeway in the area of Hesperia. They discovered his Nissan Frontier with California plates, and they began a shootout with him. And uh, I had assumed and was pretty certain they killed him, but what we just learned is that she's dead too, the 15-year-old girl. And the question is, and the sheriff couldn't clear it up exactly, whether the police killed her or somehow she was killed by her father or killed herself. I, I, I tend to believe that they shot her too. It's just my feeling. And she was in tactical gear. So you can see that, you know, in the chaos of a shootout, uh, something like this could happen. So when we come back, we'll bring on Steve Gregory, who's been following this story since it began yesterday. He can provide a little more information. I'm sure he's listening to the news conference and, uh, Give us more uh, update on it. Johnny Kent Show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Uh, we just carried a news conference, a wild shootout that covered a large geographical area from Barstow to Hesperia. Story originated in Fontana. Uh, Steve Gregory has been uh, watching the news conference and putting together all the details and can give us maybe a, a timeline here as well, what went on. Yeah, and a bit of a bombshell that we yeah. just heard in, the, in this news conference that... Uh, not only did they kill the kidnap suspect, this put out an Amber Alert, and he took his daughter, but she's dead too. So that's what Steve's going to look yeah, at here. Yeah, you know, we actually found out about the death of the girl uh, just a little after 1 o'clock this afternoon, but uh, we uh, agreed with the Sheriff's Department we were not going to release that information until the Sheriff had a chance to talk about it at this press conference. But the bombshell for us is that she was decked out in that ballistic gear. And uh, if you heard Shannon Dykus in that press conference... Uh, actually allude to at one point saying that uh, there might be evidence that she shot at deputies as well. Yeah, I heard a reporter ask that question. Was there a second gun implying that maybe she was also shooting at police? But and he said he there couldn't was answer only, that. Yeah, he said there was only one weapon seized. Uh, it was a rifle seized from the scene and from inside the vehicle. It was back to a few days after investigators had issued an Amber Alert um, after um, they said that the, this Anthony Graziano... Had took off with his daughter, 15-year-old daughter, in the white 2017 Nissan Frontier. And uh, he had just, you know, they said that he had just killed his wife on Monday in a domestic violence incident in San Bernardino County. So that's what had been going on. And it was going back to um, earlier today, a 911 caller dialed in and said, hey, I see that Nissan Frontier in Barstow. And that's when it began. And I, I got an alert that said heavy law enforcement presence swarming onto the 15 near Victorville. And then the rest of that, as you see, that got into this rolling shootout along the freeway. Uh, this is a very, very unusual crime. And when I first heard that the, the girl, the 15-year-old girl, had ballistic equipment on, I thought maybe she was a decoy. That's the first thing I thought, was maybe that he, he donned all of that stuff on her to deflect from them shooting him, is what I thought. And then when he suggested that perhaps the girl shot, then here's the thing, the sad thing we're never going to know is whether if the girl did shoot or fire a weapon, if she did it. Under well, if there's the, only one weapon, how could that be? Well, they said that's all they could find. If you notice, there's a bunch of cops out there combing the, the shoulder and walking right. that entire freeway system. If he had a handgun. So they were shot outside the car? Outside the vehicle? I don't think so. It looks as though they were shot inside because there is a tarp. There was a tarp on the front part of the of the truck, right by the windshield area in the driver's side, which would indicate he was probably killed there and his body was still there. She was taken to a hospital, so she must have had some sort of vital signs for them to pull her out, so she was not declared dead on scene. So they had to have taken her out there and rushed her to a hospital. 
So the tarp there indicates that she, he was probably killed inside the vehicle. To give people a little perspective, this unfolded yesterday in Fontana. This guy's name is Anthony John Graziano. For reports, I see Steve, he just started shooting wildly to kill his wife. That's yeah. what he was doing. Apparently he hit objects in the neighborhood there. People were fleeing for their lives. Yeah, and uh, you heard some neighbors uh, say on some other TV stations that apparently he was a super nice guy, but it ended badly. Um, I just thought that was kind of an odd Yeah, I heard somebody say he was just a uh, single yeah. dad working real hard. Talk, yeah. Talking to neighbors is the most useless, pointless thing that reporters do. <laughs> they don't know what goes on in people's homes. I'll tell you, they make some of the worst witnesses. Oh, oh, that's just <laughs> awful. It's comical. Yeah, here's what yeah. one guy says. Andy Davis, a neighborhood resident, he just came down the street shooting, shooting in all directions. Hit the trees, hit the houses. Bullets were skipping off the street. The woman was running for her life. But um, unfortunately, she eventually was hit. Yeah, and here's the crazy thing. So San Bernardino County detectives are already investigating that incident from yesterday. And then you've got this incident on top of that. So, And then it's a multi-jurisdiction situation. So as you heard the sheriff say, this is a very complex investigation, and it will be. I don't know if they're ever going to find out whether or not if this girl did open fire on deputies, whether she did it on her own or whether it was something she was forced to do by her father. Now that there are no other siblings, the whole family's dead now. I yeah. Guess. So um, this is a tragic, tragic end to a situation like Was this. Was this just the sheriff's department involved in the shooting? Were there other police agencies? It, the way that uh, the sheriff uh, described it, it looks like it was the fire, uh, the gunfire was exchanged between his deputies and Graziano. So I didn't see that there was anybody else involved, though he did say this was a multi-jurisdiction situation. A lot of tattoos on dad's neck. Always a bad sign. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's 45 years old, so yeah. yeah so, yeah. All right, a Steve. Horrible, well, horrible story. Yeah, thanks yeah. for the updates, Steve Gregory. Keeping an eye on this uh, story this afternoon. The San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department just held the news conference. Uh, uh, there was an Amber Alert issued. Apparently, a man took his 15-year-old daughter, fled the scene in Fontana after killing his wife, and uh, they were discovered on the 15 freeway near Hesperia Barstow. And the shootout began, and, uh, well, the man was killed, but we've now learned that the 15-year-old daughter, in tactical gear, so the police say, also died in the shooting. Not exactly clear who shot her, but it is believed probably sheriff's deputies, and as you heard Steve say, we're not sure that she wasn't armed in shooting too, or did he just put her in tactical gear because he knew that sooner or later when they caught up with them, he was going to start firing and he wanted to protect her somehow? I don't know. I don't know. All right, when we come back, we're going to go to Florida. In fact, we're going to go to a Tampa radio station uh, to talk about this hurricane that's about to hit. Johnny Kenshaw and KFI, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Very busy, crowded afternoon. Yeah, of course, we just carried the horrible story uh, about the shootout in uh, Hesperia Barstow area off the 15 freeway. San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputies did kill a man who abducted his, uh, well, took his teen daughter after killing her mother his wife and they killed him but we just learned that uh, she died too the 15 year old so that one has to be looked into much closer there'll be more details coming out of that story hey, hang on one second steve just walked in he has something new on that story guys i wanted to update you on something because in all the chaos out there we did, we were listening back to the press conference i told you before we weren't clear on who shot the 15 year old girl or how she died we we're listening back the sheriff said that the girl got out of the truck and ran toward deputies 
and was shot by deputies. Yeah, I thought somebody was shot outside the truck. Yeah, so that's what that was about. So because we didn't hear that part of it out there, because with we a were gun or without back. a gun, or she just ran towards him. He like, didn't say, "Help me." So he, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. He didn't say whether she had a weapon or not. But I wanted to clarify that uh, we do know she was shot and killed by deputies. All right. Okay, okay that makes it that. even Thanks. worse. Thank I don't you. really understand. If she's running towards them, you would think it's to safety and they would shoot her? I, I, it's going to take a while to sort out. Yeah, no kidding. Meanwhile, in, yeah, Hurricane Ian. Uh, the Gulf Coast of Florida, the West Coast, is getting hit by Hurricane Ian. It's going to hit uh, the center of it is scheduled to hit the uh, about an hour south of Tampa, the Sarasota-Venice area. They're looking at 12 to 18 inches of rain. They're talking at a wind speed of 105 to 125 miles an hour with gusts to 155. It's supposed to hit land between Sarasota and Venice uh, sometime tomorrow morning. And uh, there's tornadoes that are being spawned uh, in various places in South Florida. We're going to get on the line now. Jay Retcher, he's a host with uh, WDAE Radio in Tampa. Uh, which is also going to get rocked pretty hard by the hurricane a little farther north. Jay, you there? How are you? Uh, that's what I what we call a segue in the radio business, my friend. Sorry about the bad news over there on your coast. Uh, yeah, rough news over here as well. But I'm great. Thanks for having me. So what's the biggest the biggest storm in a hundred years? Is that what we're hearing? Yeah, and you know you, you get that a lot down uh, here, where you know every time a, a tropical storm gets close. Uh, people are saying, well, you know, the, people are pretty patient because they know it kind of comes with the territory of living in the area. But I mentioned on air today, this is the latest it's been where we've had something where it was tracking towards the Tampa Bay area. And, yeah, people are saying this could be one of the worst storms that we've had in, in a darn near a century. And how bad is it in Tampa right now? I know you're just on the northern edge at the moment. It's not too bad right now. We don't have any rain as I'm looking out my uh, my window now. The winds are picking up, uh, but we know we were kind of talking in the studio before we, you know, kind of all left. I'm staying at a nearby hotel before we go to one of our remote locations. Uh, we know that the, the weather is going to get incrementally worse as the days and the hours go by, that's for sure. But no rain as of, of yet, but it's, it was pretty overcast and, and gloomy all day long. This, the concern there is the storm surge? Initially, that was the biggest concern with the storm surge, with uh, how unique it is for Tampa Bay, uh, nestled right there on the west coast of Florida. But now with the impact going a little farther south, uh, the storm surge isn't as much. I mean, we were talking 10 to 15 feet. Now we're seeing, what, 5 to 8, 5 to 9. But still, man, you guys mentioned it before you brought me in, the wind and the rain. And when this thing hits land, we've been talking about it coming to a crawl. So we had Irma a couple of years ago, and that thing sped through here in 12 hours. This thing, I mean, we're looking to hit sometime tomorrow, and it could be here for a day, day and a half. Uh, definitely everybody is on high alert, that's for sure. Are people, a lot of evacuations, what are people doing? Oh, yeah, people were evacuating uh, yesterday. I mean, there's different zones here in different parts uh, of, of the counties where they'll announce, whether it's the governor or any of the local officials, and they'll announce. Everybody, they have maps online. I mean, it's just crazy to think what they do before the Internet. Uh, but now you can go online, you put in your address. They have evacuation zones there. Uh, my girlfriend evacuated. She went out east to the Orlando area. They're going to get a ton of rain there, but they're not going to get the crazy winds that we're going to get here on the coast. But, yeah, it's, it's a really ominous feeling, guys, because 
right where I'm at now on Dale Mabry, one of our biggest and most uh, busiest highways here uh, locally, man. It's it's weird to see, uh, I'd say less than 40%, less than 30%. What we're used to seeing, there's people still like on their way out. It's just a really, really odd feeling. I'm looking at the forecast from the Tampa National Weather Service, and they're looking at 18 inches of rain at least and maybe more. It's an astonishing amount of water. It's crazy, and that's, you know, we have some really interesting parts here in the Tampa Bay area where they don't hold water all that well. I mean, there's a, a road right down the road from me right now where, man, you just have a rough thunderstorm for 30 minutes, and there's flooding on one of the main streets here in the South Tampa area. So, yeah, it's something that everybody's keeping a keen eye on, these national weather advisories that are coming out. Uh, we had one, two at 5 o'clock. We're seeing that it's moving slightly east. Which, again, it does help when it comes to storm surge, uh, the flooding. We know that's going to be an issue regardless. Uh, And also power. I mean, the power is going to be out for a while. So this is one of those things where the people know it's going to come and you do as best as you can to prepare for the worst and and, for the best. But a storm surge, that means it's eight feet high. And there's no telling how far inland it moves because the wind can keep pushing and pushing the water in. You're right. And the water usually, when you have a big rain like this, it's going to go out to the bay. It's going to go out. We have multiple bodies of water where it can go out to the Hillsborough River. Uh, but in situations like this, with so much water there, as we had a, a meteorologist on one of my shows earlier today, he goes, Jay, there's, there's nowhere for it to go. And the problem is, is that it's coming to a, a stop, the storm. If it was flying through here, we'd be okay. And the analogy that the gentleman used to me is, think about it like a sailboat in the middle of the ocean with no wind. And the sailboat's just kind of sitting there and has nowhere to go. That's kind of what the storm is going to encounter when it hits land. Hopefully, and I asked, I was like, is this one of those situations where it could go, you know, and pick up some speed? And it, it doesn't really work like that. It just doesn't come out of nowhere. So we're hoping over time it just keeps nudging a little bit farther and farther to the right. But when we say that here for our Tampa Bay residents, that also means it's going to hit land quicker with more velocity south to us. So our people in Sarasota and Punta Gorda, they thought that they were, you know, kind of, all right, we're going to be okay. Uh, they're going to be hit pretty bad as well. And those storm surges, yeah, we'll be safe from them. But the people down south, south of us, about an hour or two, uh, they're really going to get hit hard. All right. Hey, thanks very much, Jay, for coming on with us. You guys got to have a great rest of your week. Thank Good you. Good luck. Yeah. Thank Jay, you. We'll check in after the storm passes through. It's Jay Retcher, WDAE Radio in Tampa as they're getting ready this uh Hurricane Ian has already uh, been hitting the Florida Keys. It passed through Cuba, and it's hitting the Florida Keys, and uh, some tracking has it 140 mile-per-hour winds. Of course, you're also getting the stories like this one. Foolish Florida parents ignore evacuation orders and film their kids paddling in Key West as Hurricane Ian looms large. So, Some people, there are always people that go to the water, mm-hmm. like surfers and others sure. that just find Good this time. to be a great opportunity to... <laughs> really enjoy something maybe once in a lifetime. You ought to leave your kids indoors, but okay, go ahead, do what you want. <laughs> Try to uh, bask in the uh, glory of a big storm. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken Show on KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, he's San Diego County dumping their homeless in El Cajon. We're going to talk to the El Cajon mayor coming up after the news at 5 o'clock, who's been appearing on many media outlets to make that claim. And some of these people are dangerous. They're not being vetted. The ones that are being transferred to hotels in El Cajon. We'll hear the case made for that 
coming up after the news at 5 o'clock. Well, we said that we're coming after Deborah Mark today, fresh back from another day off, and uh, we got another animal story for you. Oh, no, not another one. Well, they're calling it the swine bomb. The, the ticking bomb? swine bomb. California? Hey, I didn't you're not going to like this. I never like what Ken says about, you know, when he talks about animal stories. The governor, dippity do, Gavin Newsom just signed a bill to make it easier, Deborah, to hunt wild pigs in California. The wild pig population in California has exploded. And they are causing a lot of damage to property and livestock. Two and a half billion dollars in the U.S. each year. Now, under current law, you have to have a hunting license and either a wild pig tag. Do you have one of those, John? Do you have a <laughs> wild do. pig tag? I do. I shoot wild pigs uh, many weekends. Mm. I go or out. what they call a depredation permit if you want to hunt the wild pigs. Mm. The tag costs $25 per pig killed. That's it. And the permits allow individuals to kill animals threatening their livestock or crops, you see, on their, on their own property. But they're going to replace the wild pig tag and the permit requirement with a wild pig validation. This costs 25 bucks, and you can hunt an unlimited number of wild pigs around the state. So, John, you want to go pig hunting? No, so he you... does not. Well, <laughs> You're speaking for him? I'm speaking for him, absolutely. A lot of hot dogs. I, I don't remember making you my spokeshole. Well, I'm going to, because I won't be your friend anymore if you hunt pigs. If I go out and hunt yeah, pigs? I just read a story, them. and maybe well, this will change eat, your mind. Can you eat wild pigs? What's the bacon like on that? Yeah, they're kind of a hybrid is what it turns out to be. Hybrid Did you see in this story that there's a what? theory? Well, uh, I'd have to... Canadian bacon and American bacon? <laughs> <laughs> that, no. um, some believe that the breed, it's a hybrid breed, started running rampant around the state after an eccentric socialite let European wild boars loose on his Carmel Valley property for some hunting excursion back in the 1920s. So the wild the, boars mixed with the uh, with the local pigs? I think that's what happened. And they uh, can grow into 200-pound ripping machines, tearing up lawns, destroying hillsides, and yes, they will threaten humans and they will eat pets. There's a woman in New Zealand. They have a problem there too with feral pigs. She lost 60 goats to them. Deborah, they're eating oh. up the goats. Oh, well, that's sad. I don't want that to happen. No, they're... Well, well, then what are you going to do? Well, I, as we've said in other stories like this, there are other ways you don't... Capture the pig exactly. and take him somewhere and let him but loose. There are plenty of animal sanctuaries. So a sanctuaries. bear eats them. No, you animal know. sanctuaries. There are plenty of them that can take these pigs. You don't You want to always... start a feral pig animal sanctuary? Well, you, well, you can't because they're wild, they're wild and crazy. Uh, but they I... don't just stay inside a fence. <laughs> Yeah, they've I, been tested. They're I wild saw, and crazy. No, I saw a gang of wild pigs once. Oh, you yeah. did? I, I was in Tucson, seriously, in like a, a, a rural a area. A gang of pigs? A gang of pigs. And oh, wait, they, I'm sorry. Groups of folks. Yeah, they were, they, it was, they, they were, uh, these were, these were uh, black pigs, and they were really uh, big and thick and dense looking, right? Like if you hit them, it looked like it would do a lot of damage to your car. And they would run in packs and there was even a sign warning you that it was a wild pig crossing. And I saw them scurrying from one side to the other of the road. And you didn't want to run into them. They looked strong and nasty and crazy. And you may be right. According to this legend, this eccentric European, he let his wild boars loose and they bred with the feral pig population. And that's how we have this wild pig hybrid we see today. Well, that's not the pig's fault. So this became a new species? Kind of, yes. It's a hybrid. Like, the, you know, those dog hybrids, like the Labradoodles. 
Labradoodles are great dogs. I guess boars are similar to pigs, but so they they were so uh, horny that they went after uh, the local pigs. Yeah, it says here uh, less than ten years know, after being introduced, his wild hearts were seen up to forty miles away in California. When you cross species, that's a hell of a sex drive. Oh <laughs> when God, some of them are six hundred pounds. Okay, I'm over sure. four feet yeah, high. Yeah, no, that's what I saw. That's what I saw. I saw these like six hundred pound pigs. Guys, there has to be another solution than just killing. There does. What? I'm sorry. I, there, there has to be. I'm not proclaiming uh, there, there, to know it all. There doesn't but there have has to be. To be. No, this is what I try to explain to her to no avail. Pigs, animals are not like people, and they're not subject to the kinds of controls and uh, other things that we have for the human population. They will just. This is like John. Remember back east, they had to cull the deer population because oh, yeah. that was running wild. Right, because they're all they do is destruction, and there's no money in trying to create a wild pig preserve. Who's gonna Who's gonna pay for that? <laughs> People that want to see these wild pigs. No, see, yeah, they're not marketable. Yeah, it's an attraction. You know, if if you've got wild tigers and lions, yeah, people will come and see that. I'm, I'm sure. Their... I'm sure there there's somebody out there well, that would be willing instead of just shooting them all. So, so, well, you can keep the hotline open for that and see if anybody volunteers. <laughs> I, don't I just, know. I feel, you know what? The, the the truth of the matter is, I feel, yes, Ken, I, I get it. There is a hierarchy. Humans are at the, the top. I, I completely understand that. I, I'm, I'm not that dense. This is why vegans are so no, depressed. But, no, see? I'm not depressed. I'm angry because I don't like the way animals are treated. I, I absolutely despise it. But if animals are left to their own devices, they will grow in incredible population numbers and run amok. That's just the way it is. They're not human beings. Then, they're then, animals. Then, well, we're, we're doing that too. But then, yeah, I, Yes. Yeah. And then take these these wild pigs and sterilize them. There's a lot. There's all well, that's what they always talk about, putting something in their food. Oh, so there you go. Right? Or, so instead of right. shooting them, they're... they're there's a Go after the guys and chop off their uh, their happy parts. Uh, sure. Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't really put it that way. <laughs> well, that's, that's what you meant. All right. Uh, another happy chapter here. They, uh, okay. When we return on the John and Ken show, our guest is going to be the mayor of El Cajon. His name is Bill Wells. He's been calling out San Diego County for distributing motel vouchers for the homeless to come to El Cajon and stay in the city's hotels. And it's caused some crime problems. Next, Johnny Ken Show, KFI AM 640. And we are live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in 24-hour KFI Newsroom. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, 
assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.